0: every team every topic everywhere this is believe
1: and in 3 2 and 1
0: this week this 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 week this week this 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 week this
1: this 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 week this in- week
0: This week in Geek, we talk about DC Studios, Pokemon, and Jump Festa.
1: Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to another week of the Believe in Overwatch. Nah, no, God. It's like I'm on autopilot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know
1: we're not doing this this that 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 show anymore. It's just uh, we did it for three years and it's it's autopilot for me. Is there Oh, it's going to take me so long to get... I, I was doing so well. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another week of This Week in Geek, where we, we don't really talk about Overwatch as much anymore. Um, And I don't watch The League anymore, because it's not on, and I don't have to anymore, which it was fun while watching it while we did it, but I can do other things with my time now. Um, yeah, <laughs> how have you been, Kevin, in the interim
0: uh, I have been, uh, dying of a, of, of the flu. Uh, oh dear. I, I caught it on Friday. Uh, and, Where, uh, yeah, I've been suffering from? ever since. Uh, I had the brilliant idea of going to round one on a Friday and mm. yeah, I, I, I clearly caught it from there, but, uh, we had like, there, there are more like opportunities for me to die throughout the week. And I'm surprised that like, you know, it, it started at the end of all of my like hangouts. And then it's like, hey, your family's coming over. How about we just like make you super sick now? So literally all the time that I spent with my friends, like I, I went to a secret Santa exchange. I was good. Uh, went for a team bonding thing. Also good. Uh, survived, you know, hot pot in round one. Pretty good until I got home. And then it's like, okay, well, you wanted family time. No, you you get to be sick. So i'm i'm surviving that right now uh i'm a low congested i have a cough uh, i'm just gonna try to make sure i don't blow out your ears every two seconds so uh yeah that's what i'm gonna i'm gonna be doing um on, on the bright side i guess i watched four fast and furious movies in a row um, oh wow I, I still have to say tokyo drift is still the best um Uh, there's nothing better than going back and and watching those movies and realizing that bow wow is in it and you're like oh wait that's the reason why you watch it you don't care about like yeah bow wow is in that movie uh like han is like introduced in that movie technically but then like you know uh he he doesn't make it to the end so like it's just really weird because like I was like, they they liked Han a lot that they brought him back for the other films, and then they're like, "Yeah, chronologically, this is like the the third to last movie," and I'm like, w- "What? Why would you give us that?" But yeah, anyways, uh, did all of that, and uh, yeah, just been reading manga and trying to get over this like congestion and dyingness. Like on a scale uh, of,
1: of one to ten, how bad is your, your flu right now?
0: Right now I'm I'm on the I'm on the tail end of it right now. So I can I could tell I'm I'm getting better. It's mainly like my chest and my sinuses that are like super plugged up. And like I have like massive brain fog. So like I could barely remember what I did earlier today. Uh and like I sweat like crazy. That's another like gross part about it. It's like I'll take a nap and then I'll like wake up and I'm drenched and I'm like, oh shit, now I gotta get up and shower change clothes and then go back to bed (laughs) so yeah that's been a been a reoccurring thing for the past like three days now so um I I know that I have it I have it under control so it's just a matter of like you know final stretch getting a little bit more rest and like figuring out how to deal with the congestion part and then once that's done uh should be good to go uh, how about you, Matt? How's your week? How's everything going on your end? It's kind of semi-
1: and it's weird weather in California. Like some days it'll be like super cold and then the other days I'll be outside and it's like, huh, it's getting kind of hot out because we still have sun down here as opposed to like other places in the country and the world where they have to contend with snow. So I feel very fortunate to be in California where really like the coldest we really get is probably like at least in southern California like the the mid 30s honestly <laughs> um yeah that's that's pretty much it that's i haven't really done anything significant um it's almost time for for Krimbus, so that's it's pretty much it I'm just waiting for that <laughs> anyway let's get into the news of the week so picking up from where we left off last time we talked a lot about ai art and generation um and we talked about the guy who used a an ai um thingamajig to create a book now uh turns out it's not just limited to small rinky dink projects like that turns out that the um there's there's some pretty big creators out there who are using AI to kind of fill in the gaps in their projects. Um, Kevin, what have you heard about this this little tiny uh tiny little game called High on Life?
0: I heard that the guns stalked you, and they all sound like Justin Roiland.
1: <laughs> well, Justin Roiland and JB Smooth JB Smoove. I, I, he's one of the other guns, but yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. If you don't know, um, High on Life is a game that was created by Squanch Studios, which is Justin Roiland's company, Justin Roiland being the guy who, or one of the guys, in addition to Dan Harmon, who created Rick and Morty, and he voices Rick and Morty. Um, The game is, among other things, being talked about because it is a, a very interesting game with a lot of, like, Easter eggs and, like, really weird like gross out humor or like high humor stoner humor um very much in the same vein as rick and morty Um uh, there's a lot of easter eggs in it like you can do um you can actually just in the game sit and watch a 90 minute movie and i think there's multiple of those that you can do like you can watch tv and movies in just while playing the game so that's something um but the uh one of the, the the more controversial pieces of news about this game is that um, Justin Roiland used AI generators like Mid Journey to create some of the art in his game. Um, I think in the protagonist's bedroom, you can see some posters in there that were, upon closer inspection, you can really tell that they were not created by people they were created by ai just because it's it's got that characteristic like very close to being what a human would design but it's just missing the uh
0: it's missing the, under- the hands
1: <laughs> pretty much it's it's missing the understanding of what makes art art um so uh, allegedly they used mi- uh, mid journey to create some of those posters um they also used I think only one of them went through to the actual game, but they did use some form of AI generation to do some voiceover. So instead of hiring people to create art and to voice their characters, they just said, screw it. We'll just get a computer to do it. Um, And according to Justin Roiland, the reason why he did this is because um, he said, It makes the world feel like a strange alternate universe of our world, and we used it to come up with weird, funny ideas. Um, He also said that, I don't know what the future holds, but AI is going to be a tool that has the potential to make content creation incredibly accessible. I don't know how many years away we are, but all you will need to be is somebody with big ideas. I don't like this. This is really dumb. This is really bad. And it's just... Justin Rowland's not this isn't the first time that he's done something like controversial like this. I think he he got into crypto, into NFTs a little bit. Um I know he people were kind of mad that he inclu- had uh I don't know if he had fully a full say in this because Warner Brothers owns his IP technically, because they own Cartoon Network, but he was in the um the Space Jam movie with with Rick and Morty, which was kind of like, oh, you sold out kind of a thing. But yeah, I, I don't. This is just, it feels very soulless. And again, we, we've talked about it last week where it's like, where is the value anymore of having? Well, I, I don't think we're at that point yet where we don't have the value of, of people in art, but it's just like, why would you not just pay somebody to do it like gaming already has the that negative stigma of not paying its people well it's got a lot of crunch it's got a lot of et cetera et cetera et cetera all the all this negative publicity and i guess this is one way to kind of cut down on the number of man hours that are necessary but it's not the proper way to do it because at this point you are now just taking away people's jobs and also relying on AI programs that steal other people's art to make your really shitty art.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like you, you can easily hire somebody to make something weird for you. Uh, you could probably do it for cheap too. I, I'm pretty sure people would be, would love to participate in something like that. So I, I don't see why a company such as, you know, especially Justin Roiland and his studio, his, you know, Squanch Studios would really want to cut quarters like that. I think that overall, like if they wanted to do something weird, just hire people to do weird stuff that you like. Um, rather, rather than having to rely on, you know, AI and, and just, getting stuff done uh without having to you know get somebody who put in the time and effort to make it look good
1: yeah and I mean I was I was kind of looking forward to giving this game a try because I do like Justin Roiland's humor and it looked like a fun and interesting game it's gotten like very mixed reviews some people are, are complaining that it's it, like the humor is just over too a little too over the top. Some people are complaining that it's it's a boring game because there's not a lot of enemy um variation and it's it's just very samey once you kind of get the hang of it. Um there are other people who very much enjoy the humor and the gameplay and all the Easter eggs you can find. Um but just with this this whole AI controversy and everything and like I don't know. It's it's caused a lot of people to to want to boycott the game, and I'm feeling like I don't really want to play it anymore because of the taint that AI has given it. And admittedly, it's it's a very small part of this game. It's just, but it feels icky.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like it. It's gonna we're gonna figure out how it plays through reviews and stuff like that. Like cle- clearly, later down the line, we'll we'll figure out if it takes away from the actual experience of the game or if it's just like, you know, little things here and there. But once again, I would still much rather have a, a game that I know people put their time and effort into rather than having to, to wait for something and pray that it, that it's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, moving on to more just kind of stupid gaming news. Um, we, we've talked about another topic that keeps just coming back and I don't understand why gaming companies continue to try to push this is um, there's another collector edition that's coming out for um, Diablo and I mean, on its face it looks pretty interesting. So for Diablo Four, the limited collectors edition box sells for $96 and 66 cents and only has 50,000 copies available. Um, What it includes are a two-sided electric candle of creation with Lilith on one side and Anarius on the other, a Diablo 4-themed occult mousepad, a cloth map of Sanctuary, a pin of the Horadrim, the Diablo 4 Collector Edition art book, and two 18.54 inches by 10.79 inches matte fine art prints, one of Lilith and Anarius, and another of Hell. Um, but you know what the the game doesn't not the game, but you know what the uh the collector's edition doesn't include Kevin. Mm. It doesn't include the game.
0: Uh. Uh. Why?
1: You're paying ninety six dollars and sixty six cents. <laughs> so pretty much paying a hundred dollars over a hundred dollars once you probably fa- factor in tax and shipping and everything. Um, you're paying a hundred dollars for a bunch of extra goodies and you are not getting the game um all according to game rant all of the um pre-purchase options for diablo 4 are digital only um and if you want to actually play the game after buying this collector's edition box you're going to have to buy it separately you can buy the standard digital deluxe and ultimate editions for 70 90 and 100 dollars, respectively so you're potentially paying up to $200 at least to play Diablo 4 if you want to go all out on all of this stuff. Um, and depending on which tier you're, you get, you'd be getting different cosmetics for like World of Warcraft, Diablo, etc. stuff. All, all the Diablo worlds, you can get cosmetics for that. Um, early access, premium battle pass, um, special emotes and tier skips. Uh and here's where I I think that Game Rant is just sucking on the teat of Blizzard a little bit too hard. Here's the quote from this writer Eric Law. <clears throat> On one hand, it actually makes sense not to include Diablo 4 within the collector's box itself. Doing so allows players to choose which edition of Diablo 4 they wish to pre-purchase in conjunction with the collector's box. Additionally, it allows players to jump right into Diablo 4 rather than risk delays due to shipping, especially considering the game is purely digital anyway. Regardless, the price of the game and the collector's edition together is roughly the same as the physical collector's editions of most AAA games. That's just Wait. bullshit.
0: <laughs> Wait, so why don't you just include a game code in in the box? Am I dumb? Am I missing something here? Like,
1: no, it, that that's that would make sense.
0: That would make sense, right? Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm not just
1: dumb. No, no, that's that's what they used to do. That's what used yeah, to happen you- when you bought one of these special editions. You you were paying extra on top of having the game to buy all those physical goodies because you want to play the game as well as have all the physical goodies for it. That's, that's the point.
0: Yeah. And if it gives you the option to get more, you know, like currency or whatever, or like a specific version of the game, you just give them a code that gives them one or the other. Like, yeah. Like, like include the game, bro. Like, That shouldn't stop you from wanting to get it. Or if you, okay, if if the best way to do it is if you buy the thing, if you buy the the special edition, right? And you really want to push this. This is me being a marketing executive here. What you would do is you would say, if you pre-order it, we'll send you your game code three days in advance. You get to play Diablo for three days before the rest of the public does because you bought this edition.
1: Genius. They there you go you. You,
0: you get that and then like it, even if the collector's edition stuff comes in late because of shipping or whatever it doesn't matter they still have access to it they get they get it yeah. and they can play it so
1: you're still playing the game you, the, the, yeah the, especially because it's digital and again we i i'm of firmly of the camp and i know you are too kevin of physical media because if not they can just yank away your content whenever like they can stop providing support for it and you you no longer have this game anymore. It's it's getting us closer to the games-as-a-service model, which is good for game developers because... Or not game developers. Well, yeah, developers and their companies because they can just do whatever they want at any point in time and charge you money for it. But it's not good, I don't think, for gaming as an ecosystem and as a hobby as a whole. And I, I guess you, looking at it one way for Diablo four, which I'm playing Diablo's advocate here, which is, I I don't believe this at all, but it's like, if you really had to look at it, you could look at this as, Oh, you're just buying merch. This is just an extra merch purchase. But the fact that they're labeling this though, as the, um, limited collectors box to pre-order for the, in conjunction with the game's release I think that puts a little bit of a, uh, a bit of a different context to it. Like if you were just selling these, uh, this like, like if you waited a little bit to release this and said, oh, Hey, we are doing a, an exclusive 500 or no 50,000 unit merch box. Instead of calling it a collector's edition box, then I think it wouldn't feel as bad. Because you're not marketing it or positioning it as a collector's edition thing that is coming out with the release of the game. Then it's just extra merch. You know, is that making sense at all?
0: Yeah, just don't tie the collector's edition, like, name to it. If it, Especially if it doesn't include the game itself.
1: I, I really hope that this stops and that people just don't buy these things because... The only reason I think that these things keep happening is people do keep buying them. And if people stop buying them, like it's, it's voting with your dollar. If you don't buy these things when companies release them, then they're not going to sell. Then when it goes back to the marketing departments and the finance departments and whatever, and they look at, oh, this didn't sell, why is it not selling? Then they are forced to react to how consumers are spending their money and if consumers aren't spending their money for collector's editions without the games then maybe they'll start putting the games back in the collector's editions one can only hope <sighs> anyway let's talk about Riot Kevin Riot is Ugh. the <laughs> Riot is the company that gave us League of Legends which congratulations on Riot to uh to winning uh the game awards for their adaptation of um Arcane. Arcane, that's what it was called. Yeah, so they won. They won the game awards for Arcane. Um, not that that's what we're not gonna. We're not talking about that though, right now. We are talking about um, Riot's League of Legends deal with FTX. And FTX, if you need a refresher, is the cryptocurrency exchange company that used to be run by Sam Bankman Fried. After he was, or not after, but. It was run by Sam Bankman-Fried until he was arrested for fraud and money laundering charges and the whole company went kaput. Um, But apparently, uh, and I didn't pay attention to this because I hate crypto, Um, but back in 2021, Riot and FTX signed a multi-million dollar deal of tens of millions of dollars uh, for some sponsorship deal with ftx and riot um the deal according to web 3 is going just great um the deal was supposed to run for seven years and involve ftx making substantial payments to riot starting with 12.5 million for the 2022 calendar year and escalating to 12.875 for 2023 and so on so far only 6.25 million of that 2022 sum so about half has been paid and there is almost zero chance riot will ever see another cent so the company has filed a case with bankruptcy court in delaware seeking to have the rest of the sponsorship deal nullified um and i can i don't see how that won't be nullified i really don't can't see cuz ftx is is gone it's it's bankrupt there's there's no money there so i can't really see how any judge would Unless there's there's some weird legal stipulations. Um, and especially with crypto being such an, a new field to legislate. I don't see how that deal is going to stick though. Especially with the news and all of Sam Bankman-Fried's um, criminal charges that have been revealed. So I think Riot's going to have an easy way out of this. But it's just another nail in the coffin of, of crypto. It's... It it doesn't work, and all these companies that have invested in it and have invested in these kind of new wave forms of of currency or or content, including NFTs and stuff. It's like we all told you this was stupid before, and I understand how companies need to try to diversify and invest and explore new technologies, but like with crypto and with NFTs. It's like every everybody and their mom could see that this was a bad idea. Like there, there was no way that this made any sense. And the fact that they doubled down so hard and made such expensive deals with this is, it's kind of, oh, we told you so, Mo. So here's um here's what I believe Riot's statement is. I, I think this is Riot's statement on the uh, on the matter. <clears throat> There is simply no way for FTX to cure the reputational harm already caused to Riot as a result of the highly public dispute wrought by the debacle preceding FTX's bankruptcy filing. FTX cannot turn back the clock and undo the damage inflicted on Riot in the wake of its collapse. Um, Another another comment. Prior to and through this media firestorm, Riot's image and reputation to its customer base remain inextricably linked to FTX through its former CEO, Mr. Bankman-Fried. Media outlets and Twitter commentators splashed images of Mr. Bankman-Fried playing League of Legends, Riot Games' game, at the same time that FTX was crashing. Mr. Bankman-Fried is famous for his affinity for the game. He is well-known among investors to play League of Legends during meetings. He acknowledged on Twitter that he played a lot more League of Legends than you'd expect from someone who routinely trades off sleep versus work. Even Mr. Bankman-Fried's ranking in League of Legends has been the subject of online contra- commentary with public figures of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Elon Musk weighing in.
0: What? <laughs> Since when do you care about this guy's rank? I mean, he
1: cared a lot about it because people were like clowning on him. Because I don't know if you, you knew about this, but when, you probably, I think we might have talked about it, but um, during some of the meetings that a lot of the uh, the finance world was like going crazy over him for like he was like what back when he was still like the wonderkind. Um, instead of like really paying attention in these meetings, he allegedly, according to all the stories and like his own stories and all the reports, he wasn't paying attention in these meetings. He was playing League of Legends, which if you or I did that, Kevin, we'd be fired from our jobs. We'd be right? Fired.
0: I can't. Yeah. I can't get away with that.
1: Yeah, but but instead, all these these tech. Guys and, and finance bros were like, oh, my God, he's such a genius. He can play League of Legends and do the meeting at the same time. Oh, my God, give him even more money. So they did give him even more money. And apparently all the people who were clowning on him were saying, dude, he's not even ranked really high. He's like a really shitty rank. He's really low in, in the League of Legends universe. He He's not even worth mentioning. He's not a god in this game. He's He's a scrub. He's a noob pretty much. Um, but I, I don't I don't I don't really I, again I'm not into the riot world extensively I've I've seen arcane and I loved it but do you think that uh do you think that riot's image is is really as tainted by the FTX controversy as they're saying or are they just looking for an excuse to get out
0: I don't. I don't think Riot has a lot to get out of this. I just think that like they got tied into this, and then they're like, "Oh well, okay, we we got some money, and like now we can't get more money." They they want to pursue clearly like what what was promised to them, but I don't think it's gonna hurt them that much. Like they're still gonna be Riot at the end of the day. Yeah, like, at the end of the day, they're still gonna have League of Legends. They're still gonna have Valorant. They're still gonna have like they're they're working on their like fighting game too right now. So, they have a lot of projects up ahead. So I don't think that they they're the ones hurting more than like they they just wanted the money off of what they were promised.
1: Mhm. So we mentioned Elon briefly there. Um let's let's just talk about Elon now that we're on on the topic of of shitty folks doing shitty things. Um, So more recently, Elon has been making a lot of polls on the internet. Um, He recently banned a couple of journalists and he said, Hey, um, what should we do with these journalism bans? Did I ban them for too long? Too short? Should I lift the ban immediately? Um, I will abide by the results of this poll. Um, and then he did another one recently that was um should I step down as the head of Twitter or was it CEO of Twitter? Yeah, should I step down as the head of Twitter saying that he would promise to abide by the results of the poll over the weekend? Um and fifty seven point five percent of people responded yes. Um a bunch of the the conservative side of twitter had a meltdown saying oh these are all these are all just bots we don't really want you out like i know one of the uh the ones that was trending was little murder baby kyle shittenhouse um i was saying oh we don't that, that's not real that's all that's all bot accounts a majority of of twitter users love you elon we we don't want you to go don't 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 go away because of this poll the results of this poll um but anyway so people want Elon out like i don't think that's really much of a surprise that most of the twitter users are don't feel that his leadership has been good for the platform they don't think that the things that he's done have done anything to improve online discourse if anything he is actively harming any sort of like measured reasonable discussion online i think that's Pretty universally acknowledged at this point, unless you're one of those crazy Elon stans. Another thing is that Tesla's board is getting very, very nervous and upset with Elon because he's not doing his job as head of Tesla anymore. He's focusing pretty much all of his time on trying to make Twitter profitable. Um, The investors and the board are worried that he's using Tesla's money and stock to try to fund what, to fund Twitter's survival. Uh, Wedbush tech analyst Dan Ives believes the acquisition was the most overpaid in history of the tech space and argues that Musk is using Tesla to fund what could be $4 billion per year of red ink at Twitter. Um But I think, and what most people are looking at now, is that Elon is just absolutely bored out of his mind of Twitter. It was probably not what he thought what it was going to be like to, to run this company. He thought it could waltz in and everyone would love him. Um, it looks like he's trying to find a way out now, especially with the, this poll coming in. So we, uh, I mean, there's not a lot much to the story besides that he put out that poll and people voted him out. Or, and we're seeing if he will actually do that. I doubt it. I think he's maybe going to linger for a little bit longer and then maybe step down. But I think in, in the grander scheme of things, his time as head of Twitter is hopefully going to be at an end. I don't know who's going to take over after him. I don't know if he's just going to destroy Twitter on his way out just so that no one else can have it. Which seems like a thing that he would do. But... That is the the latest Elon news and I I just I'm tired of Elon news. But it cuz it affects my job. <laughs> Everything he does affects like my work. Cuz when he does something stupid like companies are not advertising or not posting on Twitter or people are like, "Oh, I'm going to leave the platform." And it's like, "Oh my god. Now I have to find a new platform to work on or whatever. I don't want to have to learn Mastodon. I don't want to have to learn Hive. Please. Please stop, Elon.
0: I hope he does honor his poll. I mean, I I honor mine, but mine are a lot less stakes than what what he has on his, so.
1: I mean, did you buy a social media platform for $44 billion, Kevin?
0: No, no, I didn't. Uh, (laughs) I, I don't even have that much money. I've
1: never even seen that much money. I don't think I'll ever own that much money. I'd like to, but no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> do you think he's actually going to step down or is he just clowning and trolling again? Like he I, think he, I
0: think he's clowning and trolling, even though he, he says, oh, honor, whatever. But I, I do think that, you know, they're all saying like, you know, fake votes, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, you 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 put out the poll, bro. That's 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 on you. That was that was not us. Uh,
1: oh. He also he also put out a, a tweet. I think it was either yesterday or today, where he's like, "The people who want power are those who least deserve to have it." And everyone said the same thing. It's like, dude, you this is so tone deaf. You literally bought Twitter just as a vanity project. Like it, it, he's so stupid. Like people think he's a genius, but he's not. He's he's not that smart. He just has money.
0: Yeah, you could just put his name on the on the cars and that's it.
1: <sighs> and then finally on our uh the last of our, our weird Heads of companies kind of thing. So James Gunn has been getting a lot of backlash from the comic book community as a whole, more specifically the DC side of things, because with all the changes that he's making, a lot of fans are are kind of upset. Um, He, of course, along with Peter Safran, are going to be in charge of the future of DC Comics films. And among his first actions were to pretty much axe the Snyderverse um so gal gadot's time as wonder woman is coming to an end um ben affleck's time as batman is coming to an end although he is in talks to direct a film so not starring in it but directing um ray fisher is not going to be coming back as cyborg although that was always kind of dubious we don't know what's happening with the flash movie um henry cavill who was supposed to be returning as Superman is no longer going to be coming back as Superman um, Dwayne Johnson unfollowed DC comics and unfollowed a lot of things and is not coming back as black Adam. We don't think we're going to get another Shazam movie. We're not sure about that. We're not even sure if this current one's going to be released. Um, and if it does, we don't know if it's what's going to happen there. Um, Zachary Levi said he he's unsure of the direction that things are going to happen but he he at least he says he has hope that we're going to see something of Shazam in the future because he's friends with James Gunn I don't know um but a lot of people have been taking to the internet to call for James Gunn to be fired as the head of DC Studios um and his comment is One of the things Peter and I were aware of when we took the job as heads of DC Studios was a certain minority of people online that could be, well, uproarious and unkind to say the least. Our choices for the DCU are based upon what we believe is best for the story and best for the DC characters who have been around for nearly 85 years. Perhaps these choices are great, perhaps not, but they are made with sincere hearts and integrity and always with the story in mind. No one loves to be harassed or called names, but to be frank, we've been through significantly worse. Despite outcry, we'll never, oh, disrespectful outcry, will never, ever affect our actions. We were aware there would be a period of turbulence when we took this gig, and we knew we would sometimes have to make difficult and not so obvious choices, especially in the wake of the fractious nature of what came before us. But this means little to us in, our com- in comparison to our jobs as artists and custodians in helping to create a wild and wonderful future for DC. Um it I will note that James Gunn has been pretty successful in so far in d c he did the suicide squad, which was I really enjoyed, and he did Peacemaker, which I don't think anyone expected to be as good as it was Peacemaker I think was a very fun show um and everyone was saying, oh my god it's it's gonna be terrible until they saw, it. and it's like, oh no, this is really good, like why?' Why have we not had more content like this? Um, so I think it's it's a double-edged sword with what James Gunn is doing because he does have a, a proven track record with DC properties, but he's taking away what so many people were still excited to see. And, and yes, Wonder Woman 2, or Wonder Woman 84 was garbage. Um, a lot of people made fun of the the Justice League and, and Batman v Superman for being so dark and weird and and whatever and, and excessively melodramatic. But I mean that that's what separated I think DC from Marvel is that DC went the dark route when Marvel just went, oh hey, happy funny jokes all the time, ha <laughs> ha kind of a route. And I think that's probably what we're gonna get from James Gunn from here on out. Just very, very Marvel-esque. Um, especially when we were like so excited to have Henry Cavill back as Superman. So that's what's going on in the, the comic book side of things.
0: Yeah. I, I heard about this and I, I do agree with the, the main sentiment here that it, (laughs) it it feels like, you know, how DC has always taken a really like dark turn uh, when it comes to their like cinematic universe. There's a lot, it's a lot more serious. Yeah. Um and they're they're saying with james gunn both like the suicide squad and Peacemaker were were great like projects on their own and they are like hilarious in their own right um but they're afraid that it's gonna be too marvel-esque now where it's gonna be like there's jokes all the time there's not enough of like a serious tone or or like uh I, i guess like everything will have to be played up as more of a joke rather than like for the sake of entertainment, rather than it following like the original story of what they were trying to do. And I I understand where people are coming from uh, on both sides. So um, yeah, I I'm interested in seeing where this goes, but uh, we'll, we'll see what that ends up turning into and uh, what, it ends up bleeding into, into the future, you know?
1: And we're, the thing is, we're seeing a lot of like concept art or like leaked story, uh, concepts for what could have been, if we were going to go the route with the, the Snyder verse that was already kind of been established, like apparently for man of steel two, the plan was to have Brainiac be the main villain there. um, we were supposed to get like kind of a a, in the later grand scheme of, of the justice league stuff. We were going to get like a really big fight with dark side at the very end of, of those films. Um, Dwayne Johnson and Superman were supposed to fight just all this stuff. Like there's, um, there was going to be more exploration of like the nightmare universe with Batman and all like the post-apocalyptic stuff. And like, I just saw a concept art of, what the the Batmobile was supposed to look like for that. And looked, looked really cool. So uh, it's going to be a very rough patch for DC fans. I think for the foreseeable future, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what movies are going to get greenlit. We don't know if they're going to be good. We don't know if it's just going to be aping Marvel for the next, I don't know how many years, but it's going to be different. And at least like, At least there's going to be resources devoted to it, I I guess, is the best we can say. So in addition to saying goodbye to all these superheroes, we are going to say also goodbye to Ash and Pikachu, which I was... And we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I, I was expecting Ash and Pikachu to be part of the next season of the Pokemon cartoons, but... Apparently now, like not at all. Like Ashton Pikachu are just, just gone. They're they're not gonna be in it. Is that is that right, Kevin, or am I wrong on that?
0: So uh for for how it's supposed to work is um in in the new one that's gonna really highlight uh Paldea, which is the third or the God, what what are we on we're on gen nine? Um the ninth generation of Pokemon third squared oh yeah we're supposed to have um ash like become the champion and now like bring in these new characters into this new into this new world of pokemon so he is like the champion he's allowed to retire he's him and i think go are also supposed to be older so um those are characters from uh, pokemon journeys so um yeah, their their journey is over. Like they they are considered like champions. They're they're willing to do whatever they want, but they no longer need to uh to to run their run the gauntlet anymore. They they've proven themselves and uh can now show show off and and do everything that uh they want to do in in the post uh in the post champion's life, you know. So um they're going to be around they're just not going to be the main character
1: okay cuz what i was seeing from like the updated series promotional art is that i think we we in in the previous released art we saw ash and pikachu on the um on the poster now the ones i'm seeing that are being shown don't have them on it
0: Yeah, so so they're, they're not going to be the main characters. They're trying to push the newer characters. So they might show up here and there, but I don't know if they are going to... If anything's going to really come out of it.
1: How often do you think we're ever going to see a reference or an actual, like, appearance of Ash and Pikachu?
0: I think it, like... The thing that would make it really, like kind of tie it back to the games too would be like let's say if these new protagonists go through the whole thing and the the way how like Paldea works is that there's so many like different things that are going on in the region because like you have three different paths in the story mode and you can do it in any order you want so that's something that you have to keep in mind as well um I feel like if they were to do something like that, like if they ran into Ash, like every once in a while where he's like, he's also not necessarily going through like the gym route, but like he could be doing like the Titan Pokemon and helping him out there. Um, or, you know, maybe helping out with team star. We'll see if that's going to be a thing. Um, the, that will all be things that you have to think and uh, like, keep in mind as you continue on with the game. Um, but uh the the other thing that you could do is do what they did in like the the original like I, I guess you would say like in Johto. In like in Johto, like when, when you beat the whole thing and then you go up Mount Silver, like you fight like Trainer Red. And Trainer Red is like the embodiment of who your character from the first Pokemon, like that is the strongest form of that character. So, you're supposed to, like, go up the mountain, fight Trainer Red, and then prove that you, ha- you are stronger than the previous champion. But, like, if that becomes the ultimate, like, goal, where, like, at the end of the whole run, you go up to the top and, like, instead of there being, like, the champion of, like, the Elite Four, you have to fight Ash. And he brings out whatever whatever Pokemon he has from either this run or previous runs. Then you have to like, you have to choose whether to vote for you know the character who you've been with the whole time um, throughout this entire journey, or do you root for the one who has proven themselves against many other trainers in the past and like continues to challenge the protagonist that way. So we'll see where it goes.
1: This is so bittersweet because it's like we grew up on Ash. It's it's been Ash for forever, but it's also 25 years. Yeah, but he deserves a win and he deserves to like retire at this point. It's just I never thought they'd like do away with him as a character.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know if like I, I don't want him to go away completely. I do want him to to show up like on occasion because like that that would bring obviously like the the old folks back in for a minute like once or twice a season at least come on like either that or like have him like on the tv still like chilling or doing something cool in in the area um but yeah that's that's what i would do a spinoff
1: like do do a main series and then just do like a couple of ash spinoffs like once in a while
0: like i i wouldn't mind if they did like once a year just like an ash revisits an old friend kind of thing like once a year around christmas he just goes over and visits like misty and like he says like i'm the champion now let me get you a new bike and let me let me never got her a new bike He never got her a new bike uh let me let me get you a new bike and like refurbish the gym right so, like, that's his whole thing. Like, he'll go back to Brock and he'll, like, say, like, okay, we'll we'll give you, you know, we'll we'll help you out with X, Y, or Z and so on and so forth. And he does that for, like, every region or every every friend that he's had along the way. And it, it'd be a cool way to see, like, where the characters are now, too. Like, it doesn't have to be a clear, like, you know, like, this is a clear progression of what's going on. But um, it would be a good way to let him know, like, the, this is also what the future of all the other characters look like.
1: So let's get into the gaming side of Pokemon, Kevin.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to get through this without uh, coughing at everybody's ears. So uh, yeah, let's do this. So let's talk about Pokemon Unite. We're going to talk about the competitive scene right now. So we knew that Pokemon uh, at the end of the Pokemon World Championships last year, they announced that next year it is going to be like in yokohama japan that is the first thing that they announced when like the whole thing was over but we didn't know what the path to yokohama looked like yet so we had no idea of what the what the path to pro is usually they they lay out the path um, for a lot of the more established versions like uh, the vgc and tcg There's, like, you got to win X amount of cups, then you get an invite, and so on and so forth. It's pretty easy. Um, Pokemon Unite, unfortunately, has two different companies looking over, like, the Pokemon Unite scene in general. So, uh, yeah, we we got a lot of uh, really weird things going on right now. So, the Pokemon company, which is TPC, which is the main one in, you know, Japan and in the surrounding regions as well, will have their own style of league compared to TPCI, which is the Pokemon company, International, which will have a completely different system of play uh, in order to get into worlds. So, for APAC, Korea... What's the point, though? I having... have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea why they would do this. Um, but essentially what happened is, like, I I believe that uh, the the first one that came out was the one for um the Unite Asia Champions League, which not not only is the title sick, but also their trailer is pretty sick. Um and it went over all of like the the things that were necessary in order to get to the league, how to play in it and so on and so forth. But they announced this back in December 9th of this year and we're like, oh cool. That's they they essentially made a league with the top 16 teams from the surrounding areas and uh they're all gonna play on the new uh play on the new system uh with the new pick band mode um have brand new games coming out and uh we're gonna go ahead and see what that looks like so yeah once again APAC Korea Japan uh, China will all participate in this league and it's similar to like LCK where it's like X amount of X amount of games get you like progressed upwards and so on and so forth Um, and then the best ones will be submitted into, uh, Pokemon worlds, which is like, it's kind of weird because that means that if you're a team outside of not, if, if you're a team that's outside of the league, you have no chance of getting into the actual like Pokemon, like gameplay style thing where like, you can't just Book your ticket to Worlds unless you have a slot in the league already.
1: So it's just very self contained.
0: Yeah, it's a very self contained league. So it's just really tough for like newcomers to kind of make their way through. Um, meanwhile, on the other hand, uh, for literally everyone else, we're doing the same thing that we did last year. So we're going to have a series of cups, uh, tournaments that will lead to qualifiers, which will eventually lead to Worlds. So Um, This one was announced way later, Um, and by way later, I mean, like, uh, if the other one is released on the 9th, this one was released on the 18th, so literally yesterday. Um, They just told us what the plan is for uh, the Unite Championship Series, or UCS. So, we're going to have the February Cup on the 4th, uh, followed by the February Finals on the 11th. Then the March Cup on the 4th, March Cup Finals on the 11th, April Cup is going to be on the 22nd, uh, and then the April Finals on the 29th, um, between there, I'm, I believe that yes, so, uh, there's going to be an EOS Cup, which is going to be a, uh, like a mid-season qualifier, which is during March, um, March 25th is going to be the beginning of the EOS Cup, um, April 1st and 2nd is the Finals. For literally all regions except for EU, which is gonna be two weeks after that. I don't know why. Um the the last things, uh there's gonna be more cups. Uh so April Cup is gonna be at the end of April. May Cup is gonna be the 13th and the 20th. And then uh for June, this is where you get closer to regional championships. Uh we start the regional championships on the third. the regional regional finals will be uh, in June um, like mid-June and then that will eventually lead us to Yokohama um, which will be in August so yeah it's gonna be really weird Um, the the reason why I say this is weird is usually they give us these dates um, it does take a long time for a lot of uh, players to really get in line and figure out where they want to go um, and the cool thing about this series, which I like, is it's open to everybody. Um, you have a lot of teams that, you know, have made their name and have worked really hard to get there. Um, and it was really tough, especially in NA. Um, if you guys have ever watched Pokemon Unite, there was a team called uh, that was called Team TTV. They eventually got signed on by Gaming Gladiators. So they ended up becoming Gigi. Um, but they were the best any team in terms of uh position and um and ranking. But because they didn't win in the last um in the last EOS Cup qualifier, they essentially got DQ'd even though they had the most points out of everybody in the entire league. So they they got disqualified for not or like they couldn't make it in even though they won the most tournaments in the past, which Totally goes against like kind of what they were initially trying to do. So it it was super, super awkward for them. But in order to make it um, more fair for everybody, what they're going to do is uh, they're going to once again, do all this. But they're also going to add um, more slots for teams to participate during the finals. So towards Yokohama, when we actually start getting to Japan. Um, they are going to open up the number of slots that are available for teams per region. So you could have more teams from more places participating in these games. So um, originally, like North America only had two slots originally. Uh, This year, they'll have four. So that means we'll have more teams from North America representation. Uh, Same thing with Europe. Europe will have four slots available. um, And there's a lot... um, a lot of potential to be shown here so um, yeah just a lot of cool heads-up plays to keep in mind and um, a lot of these players and teams are going to be uh, definitely fighting for these positions here so uh, we'll be keeping you guys updated on the competitive scene once we start getting into it but mainly the thing to keep in mind is um, if you want to watch the APAC Korea Japan and China games um, they are starting up now um, their timeline is just kind of like whenever they want to do it, they can do it. Um, but everybody else who is coming from, you know, NA, um, EU, and s- literally everything in between, um, you g- like we start our season in February. On February 4th is going to be the first day. Um, I mean, that that's also going to be a lot of stuff that I'm keeping in mind. I'm trying to, you know, make my way to Yokohama too. So my grind is uh, equally equally as much, uh, in, in your favor as, as much as mine. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get more gigs, trying to first get over the cold, but, um, after that, we should be able to be casting and getting a lot more gigs and hopefully a new reel by the end of the year.
1: Hopefully you make it. Also, apparently, uh, I just saw a poster. Apparently there's going to be like one last, um, chapter of quote-unquote ash's story uh i think it's called pokemon aim to be a pokemon master or something and it's going to be airing at least in japan in january i think january 13th looks like the date right now no word as to when it's going to be released in america but they're giving him a final send-off which is very sweet and very sad
0: yeah, I know that they're gonna do like a final series with them. I, I don't know if it's gonna be a thirteen episode series where you know, we'll we'll see what happens with it. Um We'll we'll probably find it online, I'll tell you how it goes. So yeah, de- definitely you got a lot to look like, into. It'll be online into. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll fig- we'll figure out what, what goes on with Ash uh in the team. So uh yeah. Uh we'll see what Pokemon decides to do uh with that and especially the future of the anime. That is gonna be a really big thing to keep in mind. (laughs) Okay, uh, let's move on into the weeb stuff. Uh, this was actually kind of a big weekend. Um, besides me dying on the couch, I actually kept tabs on what else was going on in, uh, in, in, uh, in Shonen Jump. Uh, there's an annual event called Shonen Jump Festa, which is a, uh, kind of a big wrap up party at the end of the year for Shonen Jump where uh they kind of give out or they kind of make announcements about future anime um and things that they have on the horizon for the next year. Um usually it's also a, a big time for like festival stuff where they usually go out and they have like a bunch of like the people who sing the openings come out and perform. Um and it's just kind of a big event but um I was just keeping tabs on what was what was going to be going on there so um yeah uh let's go into let's go into what exactly is going to be announced so um I know that this is going to be there's a long list there's a lot of stuff that's coming out I'm only going to try to highlight some of the bigger ones um so I don't I don't bore you with the entire list but um if there is something in particular make sure to keep in like keep tabs on Jump Festa and what they do announce because most of it is going to be stuff that is happening throughout the year. So, uh, I will, I guess we uh, go go straight into it then. Uh, let me find the tab. Okay, so, first, uh, big one. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 will be arriving in July of 2023, which in other words means uh, summer. We're going to have JJK2 in the summer of next year. Um, Spy Family will be returning with a Season 2 as well as a movie in 2023, so, um, yeah, Spy Family definitely has one of the bigger pools in, uh, in the Shonen Jump, like, fandom right now, um, so I, I'm happy about that, um, I'm reading the manga, I'm trying to keep up, um, but, yeah, um, more in season two, which means more stories, and then a movie, I don't know which part of the movie we're gonna get, but, uh, which part of the manga is going to be the movie? So we'll we'll see what ends up coming out of that. Um, Blue Exorcist is going to be returning with a third anime trailer. We still don't know when that is going to going to actually be released, but they gave us a new trailer for that. Um, the Black Clover movie got a new trailer and uh, the reveal of the theme song. Um, so if you are interested in Black Clover, that's coming. Um, Unlock Undead is also being adapted into an anime. Um, that is. About a girl with terrible luck meets a guy who wants to die because he's immortal. Um, so he he hangs out with her so he could try to die, but you know, and then she doesn't want to do anything. But like he could absorb it, so it doesn't matter. Um, so that that that's what's going on there. Um, if you happen to be in Japan, uh, Hero Academy is getting another stage play. So in other words, if you want to go see Hero Academy done on a stage, uh, you could go see the fourth iteration of that. That sounds um, wild. <laughs> they they do that a lot. They they have a lot of like stage play adaptations of of like anime and manga. I don't I don't know how they do it, but like I'm surprised that they don't bring it over like overseas. I think people would want would want to watch that. I mean, like if people will show up for the Harry Potter one. Like imagine how many people will show up for like a Naruto one. If, I mean, if it we, actually we went out like that, the,
1: we tried with the Spider Man one, but that went terribly.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean yeah so we'll we'll see how it goes um let's see where were we oh yeah kaguya sama the first kiss that never ends the movie i know that's a that's a that's a mouthful um it was originally released in japan um in december which is literally like right now towards the end of the year um it literally just came out in japan um but in the states it is supposed to come out around valentine's day which uh will will just solidify the fact that I don't have a date and I'm gonna go see this alone anyway. So um this this is the movie to go see. Uh so I'm I'm gonna be keeping that in mind. But they said that they have um a new ending theme. Uh the opening theme is gonna be done by Mas- uh Masayuki Suzuki, which is the most swagged out 65-year-old you'll ever see. Um he's he's like he's saying every single opening for Kagiyosama, Love is War, ever since season one um and like i just hope that if i ever get to his age i could i could still pull off like a and a stash like that like that's that's just something <laughs> like he he's a he's a cool dude um but essentially they they revealed the ending um and like the they're gonna release an album with it so that's gonna be really cool to think about um so yeah kaguya sama the first kiss that never ends movie coming to the states in february um we'll be keeping that in mind. I'm probably going to, I'm definitely going to go see that. So um, moving on, Dr. Stone season three, finally got a trailer. So we're going to be finally hitting the seas. Um, And there's going to be a new theme song. I believe it's called treasure, uh, which is very fitting. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Um, And then hell's paradise and Marshall of magic and muscle are both going to be coming out in April of 2023. So in other words, the spring season of 2023 so we'll be keeping that in mind um as we approach the the new year so um in a in a quick recap uh we're gonna have kaguya in february hell's paradise and marshall in april um there's announcements for blue exorcist spy family uh black clover unlock Undead, dr stone uh that will be coming out sometime in 2023 um And then uh, JJK will be coming in uh, the summer of 2023. So we'll be keeping all that in mind as we uh, get closer to like the actual dates of release. But um, yeah, it's going to be definitely an interesting season um, as we get into the next uh, year of anime and and whatnot. Um, We're going to go into the manga recommendation of the week this week. um, This week, I'm actually going to recommend a manhwa, which... If you guys don't know what a manhwa is, it is like a Korean version of a manga. Um, but it's originally I
1: something new. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I learned about this like a like a while ago. I, I've, it's been really popular with like the app Webtoons and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. it's like on your phone, it's like a a version of a manga or a comic that you could absorb by constantly scrolling up, and like essentially. It's like a one super long page, like, phone format kind of um, comic book kind of storytelling form. And um, it's really popular just because it's really easy to read for a lot of people. And, um, yeah, I I was recommended a manhwa a while ago. I mean, um, if anybody has read Solo Leveling before, um, that is also a manhwa. Um, It takes me a little bit of time to get used to it, but... um, yeah essentially manhua is presented like a manga but it reads left to right so you have to it opens left to right so um it it is something that like when you do get it in your hands you're like wait this is like i look at it and i'm like what this is backwards and then other people were like wait no it's a manhua so it is from left to right and you just have to Take a minute to like really figure out like why it why it's like that. But uh in other anyways, let's get into the one that I'm gonna be recommending today. It is one that actually came out um last week, which is called The Boxer. Um I wanted to read this one because one, I, I I like boxing anime and uh and manga. Um, but I wanted to read this one because it was a really interesting concept overall. Um, but the one that like the, the boxer falls around a character who is unmotivated and he literally just gets beat up and he hates like altercation in any way. Um, and then there's another like main character who is like a prodigy. He's a constant boxer. He knows how to like hit shots from any way, shape or form. Um, and he's supposed to be like the next gifted God. Um, Essentially, he he's a bully at school and uh, he uses this boxing potential in order to get what he wants. Um, meanwhile, the kid who just doesn't want to engage in anything, he just, he chooses not to fight at all. Um, but one of the boxing coaches realizes that he has some sort of instinct inside of him that allows him to dodge and like avoid altercation altogether. So he's like, he's got some weird instinct of knowing when punches are coming, and so he he told him like, if we could only train him to want to fight, he would be the the scariest boxer we have ever seen to grace the earth, and even though he has this guy who he has this bully prodigy who you know can move at godly speeds, can hit crazy angles and everything. He wants to get this one unmotivated kid to become the next, like, boxing god because he he tried to throw a haymaker at him and he dodged it without even knowing it was coming. So that that is the story that we have for the boxer. Um,
1: it sounds like Yuri on Ice. Like, very similar for what it's
0: to me. It's, it's like it's, Yuri on Ice, but, like, the coach does not want to make out with the student. So, like... <laughs> No, um, there, there's there's a lot of, like, really interesting angles in the boxing, like, points, too. Um, and, like, essentially, it's very different in terms of, like, the way how the characters want to, like, interact with each other. Because, like, one of them, like, is definitely, like, cocky and understands his skill and what he's good at. And the other one doesn't know that he has skill. And he just wants to be left alone. So it's just a matter of, like figuring out once again like this is is something that comes into character writing as well it's if you have a character that has potential but doesn't want to take the leap you need a reason to get them to do it so there and then on the other hand if you have a character who already knows that they have potential um, and they know what they want to do but they have no reason to do it then you have like you have to create the dynamic to make them even in order to create more action and drama so um it's really tough to see like where this is going obviously it's only book one um and we don't get book two until april so uh that's a that's another downside um but um would highly recommend if you are interested in in boxing or uh just want to see like another up-and-coming story we don't know if this is ever going to get adapted into a uh into a manga, or, or not a manga, into an anime, which I honestly wouldn't mind seeing this getting adapted into an anime. I need my Epo fix, and we're probably not getting any more Epo anytime soon. So um, I'm hoping that the Boxer will be the next one that does get picked up. So um, yeah, if, if you want to read something that's more along the lines of a comic, but uh, does have kind of the same art style and very interesting like paneling that comes with manga in general, I would recommend the Boxer.
1: Yes, but what about chess boxing?
0: <laughs> I, wish, I wish there was a... That's the thing. Like Ludwig put out a thing immediately after his chess, chess boxing thing. And he's like, chess will never be the same. And boxing will never be the same. Because now you know that both of them could work together. You're going to be like, where's the chess and where's the boxing?
1: <laughs> Brains and brawn, all in one sport.
0: All right. Um, so yeah, uh, speaking of manga releases, uh, here's some manga releases that you don't have to wait until April 4. So, um, for this week, uh, which is literally on the 20th, we're going to be having Alice in Borderlands 4, um, Blue Lock 4, and Kaiji 4, uh, lots of number fours today. So, um, Alice in Borderlands May 4 is, be with you. yeah, it, If if you guys want to have, you know, the fourth installment of. Uh, Alice in Borderlands once again uh season 2 of the show of the Netflix show is going to be coming out on December 22nd as well. Um that is something that you could go ahead and pick up um pretty soon. Um Blue Lock 4, which is the one that's, you know, based off of soccer. Um we we have all that to cover um in Blue Lock 4. Um that's coming out and Kaiji 4 is about gambling. Um one of the original squid game uh spin-offs or i wouldn't say spin-offs it's like kind of the original like death game uh gambling with stakes kind of kind of manga so um it's finally being brought over to the states so kaiji number four is coming on the way um next week is the two days uh after christmas which is going to be the 27th um on the 27th we're supposed to get um berserk deluxe edition 12 which is one of those big boys if you've never seen one of the berserk deluxe editions uh they are thick they're crazy heavy um and they have a three in one so they're like three volumes in one but uh they are extra big print so if you do want to see like somebody getting their like skull bashed in on like a really big piece of paper uh that is the one to do it um they are also like leather bound so they're just very nice quality books Um, and then, uh, the other one that I'm keeping in mind is Thus Spoke Rohan Kishibe 2. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, um, Thus Spoke Rohan Kishibe is based off of a character from JoJo's Part 4. Um, Rohan Kishibe has the ability called Heaven's Door, uh, which is the ability to, uh, write on your, like, write on somebody's, like, soul to give them a specific, uh, either ability or thing that they have to obey um but for the most part this doesn't follow the main story of jojo's it's kind of what rohan is doing in his downtime to learn about the world around him so um it it doesn't necessarily it's not always about like oh i gotta go fight like the big bad guy sometimes it's just like it there's a there's a guy who like runs a shop and he's like uh Hey, uh I wanna get abalone off the side of the coast. You wanna go? And he'll be like, Yeah, sure, let's go get abalone. And then like weird Jojo stuff will happen. And then he'll just be like, okay, we got the abalone, but that was weird, and then he just writes a he writes a comic about it. Like that's his whole thing. So
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> that's an adventure, I guess. <laughs> that's abalone? a whole story. I, I'm
0: I'm not even kidding. Um, they have one where like he was uh, what what was another one? There was one where like he was working out with some guy and then he like overdoes it and he thinks that he can beat God by outrunning him. So he starts like racing Rohan and they start running and then he starts running backwards and then he runs so fast that even he outruns the treadmill and he runs out, out the side of the building and he like <laughs> dies like that. That's it. Like it's just weird shit that happens. So it doesn't have to do with Jojo's in general it's just weird things that happen to a side character and he's just reporting it. So it's just
1: still some bizarre adventures.
0: It's still bizarre adventures, but it's, it's less about the main cast and more about the, the one manga artist in the entire world, like figuring out, like, why does he have to go off the coast to go get abalone with the guy who can make food, you know, like that, that's the whole thing. Um, but yeah, overall interesting concept. Uh if you wanna watch the first four episodes of Thus Spoke Rohan Kishibe, that is also on Netflix. Um there there are a lot of it's very JoJo still, there's still a lot of JoJo stuff in there. Um but yeah, it's uh it's weird. Uh th- that's why it's a part of the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Um so yeah, yeah, just a lot of things to keep in mind um in the manga releases that are in the up and coming weeks. So yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see if there's anything else in the manga news. Um, I know that I'm trying to keep my budget low. Um, but I know that, uh, I will have to go out and, uh, get some more books, uh, pretty soon.
1: It's that time of the week. It's, it's Kevin advice time.
0: Uh, (laughs) don't get sick. Don't 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 go outside don't touch anything uh if you get sick just just curl up at a ball cry and pray that like you'll you'll get out of your system See, uh this
1: is why i'm so grateful that i don't have to leave my house for work
0: yeah i i went outside i literally went outside like three times last week and i was like yeah that's that's too much I, I didn't expect to like actually get full blown sick, but um, it's, it's been a while since I've like, I don't, I don't think I've been sick like bad for a while. So it's, uh, I, I guess it's the first time for a lot of things. So it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, if I survive things in the future. Um, but yeah, don't, don't, if you, if you do get sick, just play it nice and nice and slow. Uh, and, uh, don't don't die. Be 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 good. All right, everybody. Well, thank
1: you for tuning in with us this week. I don't. Yeah, well, we won't see you until after Christmas. So hopefully, y'all have a good Christmas if you celebrate it. Happy Hanukkah to all of our our Jewish listeners out there. um I don't know when Kwanzaa starts, but if it starts within that time, happy Kwanzaa. Um, i, I unfortunately I don't know if our Muslim followers are going to have any holidays in this period of time. Is it Eid or is Eid before this? I'm not sure. I apologize for not knowing, but whatever holiday you celebrate, happy holidays this time of year. Um, we'll catch you hopefully next week if we're, if we're we're capable of doing so and it's not freezing and Kevin's not super sick and, and, and whatnot, but Yeah, well, we'll catch you soon, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good holiday season and adios.
0: Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the Internet.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at twigpod. That's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.